welcome to episode 10 of Outsiders. My name is Julia Curtis Burns and I'm your host and today I'm joined by Brandy, the owner of Proby Knit, a designer for the natural knitwear handmade in Brooklyn brands. Awesome and I'm in Bed-Stuy today in Brandy's beautiful beautiful brownstone <laughs> apartment. You know I live uptown in Manhattan so it's always like I get lost in Brooklyn but I love it. It's beautiful. It's like tree-lined brownstone streets yes i love it um so let's get into it before we start i always like to talk about terms that that are meaningful to us that we feel suit us best what terms do you do you claim or feel like you identify with most uh gay oh black yes female yes Knitter. Oh! <laughs> Hashtags. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> I love that. So why... Well, there's two questions I have. First, the first term that you said was gay. Mm-hmm. Right? Before black, before female. Mm-hmm. So is that because of the way that you feel you have been received or are perceived? Or is that because you feel... That's close to you? I feel like it's close to me. Mm. I think being gay, talking in my home, it's it's really close to me. I live with my partner. Mm. We've been together for a long time. So How long? Five years. Wow. Going on, going on five years. That's going on five years. And mm. so it, re- it feels really close to me to identify as gay first. Mm. Although I, don't, I wouldn't rank it as mm. gay, black, female, knitter. I think... Um, I think I said gay first mostly because I know what the mm. <laughs> the podcast is all about and that's definitely a term when I think about my sexuality, I think about how I fit within our community is definitely gay. Mm. Um, but I'm definitely not perceived as gay. Most of the time people think I'm straight. Why is that? Um, I don't know. I think it's I'm definitely on the more femme side <laughs> of the spectrum. So I think that's it. Yeah. And also, um, I don't think I really have, like, a gay look about me, except that I have a bald head, mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean anything, so. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I also identify as gay as opposed to lesbian or queer. Yeah. I do identify as queer, as I feel like it's become more of an inclusive term, mm-hmm. um, especially with queer women of color. Mm-hmm. I found that that's really... Um, opening up as a term that's receptive in our community, yeah. but I like gay because I feel like it's, wor- like, if you say it, it's like, there's no question. <laughs> you know what it means. Yeah. And then that's interesting what you say about having a look, right? I yeah. mean, a lot of things that I notice more feminine presenting women face is, like, invisibility, you know, yeah. in terms of being recognized as gay. And so that's always... I don't know, there's always something I think about. It is. Like, how dare you assume I'm straight? How dare you? <laughs> right? Or it's like, is she trying it out? And, but anyway, but like, gay is just, to me, who you are, yeah. feeling. It doesn't have to do with your style, right? Yeah. I mean, I do wish, I talked about in previous episodes, like, I do wish sometimes there were like symbols that mm-hmm. <laughs> like only other gay women would know about. And you could be like, oh, she said that. Right, you yes. know? but we do have indicators but we like, do yeah we do but anyway um so tell us a little bit about well a lot about probing it 
And oh. what is it? What was the journey like? What did you create? We're in her studio right now. <laughs> there's like lots of yarn around. There are there's a camera because she also does photography. There's so much. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> so so ProPinet started in 2012, um, and it's basically all about knitting. I design knitwear for both men and women, or mm-hmm. non-gender specific designs. And um, I use mostly natural fiber. And I started it mostly because I really wanted to have my own business. I wanted to run in, you know, run it myself. I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to make my own hours. I actually um, was a Peace Corps recruit. I applied for a Peace Corps. I got accepted. Mm-hmm. And before I started my business, I was in Lesotho, Africa, like a landlocked country in Southern Africa. Whoa. And I was there for a short time. And I decided that it wasn't really the journey for me. Um, I really had an amazing time. I love my host family. I love the other volunteers that were there. Um, but at the time of my application process, I met my partner. And oh. so that kind of complicated things a little bit. Um, that complicated things a little bit. And when I got there, I was really happy. I was happy to be there. I was happy to be I was a community and economic development advisor, basically mm. just helping like build the community in terms of um, sexual health education and even crafts. That was like a big part of like my, my journey was to bring crafts to the mm. community, things like that like money-making ventures. And so after I was there for a short time, I decided to come back home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was very happy. The first thing I did was I took a nice hot shower. I was like, woo! And a cup of coffee. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Brooklyn. So um, I was really happy about that. And then um, I was trying to figure out what direction I wanted to take. And I realized that I just needed to keep on the path I was going, which was to bring craft to the masses Mm. but in my own way by making things that I really love and being my own boss Mm. and so um I taught knitting for 14 years um I knit for 14 years I taught knitting for 10 years wait what yeah I taught myself when I was 14 you taught yourself how to knit yeah I taught myself how to knit how did you how does one teach oneself how to knit do you do you I mean because books so you went to the library yeah I went to the library at Granary Plaza like the Brooklyn Central Library had like open books shout out to Brooklyn Public (laughs) Library shout out (laughs) I love that place I would be there for like hours I would go to Barnes and Nobles and sit in the aisles I would like print out tons of like how to watch YouTube videos, like whatever I could to teach myself. And I taught myself. I was really excited. I was in high school. I was like a freshman in high school. Wow. And then I wanted like expensive yarn. My mother was like $10 for a ball of yarn. Could put food on someone's table. You need to get yourself a (laughs) J-O-B. And that's what I did. I ended up working at a yarn shop. Started working at a yarn shop when I was 16. And I became a knitting instructor at 17. And I was knitting. I was a knitting instructor for like 10 years. That's amazing. And so I pretty much had knitting under my belt when I started my business. I was an experienced knitter. I designed my own work. I wrote patterns. Like I knew how to do like the creative part of my business in terms of creating product. But what Mm -hmm. I didn't have was like a storefront, you know, Mm -hmm. online presence, images to show my work. And so when I started my business, I really just focused on creating products. And then I realized I needed to learn how to take photographs of these products. I actually had a friend of mine come and take pictures of me. He's amazing. His name is Tony. 
Um, and then I realized that I really need to know how to do it myself. So mm-hmm. then I taught myself photography. So did Tony like work with you when no. you were starting? You just taught yourself? I taught myself. Okay. So he took photographs, like my first 25 items mm-hmm. and I put them on, um, Etsy. I actually ended up starting with Etsy because Etsy's awesome. It's for mm-hmm. handmade and vintage goods. And so it was really easy to start an online shop through that platform. And I just pretty much, that's really where most of my main, like, this online business happens is on Etsy. Etsy. Um, and so once I got my first 25 pictures up, which was taken by Tony, I decided I really wanted to learn how to take my own pictures mm. just to kind of like make it much simpler. So I ended up getting a job as a barista, like working at a cafe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Get paid like, you know, like nothing basically <laughs> and to save for my camera. And I got my camera and I taught myself how to take photographs. And so You're just like this firestorm in terms of absorbing knowledge and just like you know what I'm just gonna teach myself everything in five minutes and I'm gonna be successful at it no that's amazing like you were 16 you know you started teaching yourself you started teaching it you said at 17 you were teaching I mean come on this is amazing okay yeah so you started learning how to do photography did you take classes no I just went on YouTube and I just was looking up, you know, how to take natural lit photographs. You know, mm. when I first started, I spent a lot of money on, like, stuff I'd never used. Like what? Um, like, so I, I went in there ready, ready. I was like, I'm ready. The guy was I like, yeah. Quit. I got all my equipment. The guy was like, yeah, you need this, you need that. I was like, yeah, yeah. You were like, wait, how much? How much? I'm telling you. I was like, I got beat in the head. All I needed was a tripod, a camera, a camera remote to take pictures of myself, and that's basically it. That's all I needed. But I ended up getting, like, this diffuser which basically like filters light so that it's really clean or it's yellow or it's red or whatever it was like fifty dollars mm. i never used that ever did you sell it no i still have oh. it i was like you know what i had to have a store any of my camera equipment mostly because i'm just like yeah i might use it you in the future yeah. i never know i might end up giving it to someone who really needs it but i don't use it um i end up getting like you know like the seamless paper that professional photographers use they have like, these big rolls of paper yeah. i got the stand that you put the paper on but oh. i live in like i love my apartment it's, it's like big enough space it's not enough space to create like this huge photography studio like, you're crazy. like brandy's design studio <laughs> the entire I apartment got all the stuff what you want what color what black color you want i got everything <laughs> that's exactly i was like really i don't have i don't have space for it so I don't use those. I ended up just taping the paper to my wall. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't need to stay. I just taped the paper to my wall just so I could have, like, a white background. So, really, pretty much all I use for my photography is um, my camera, my tripod, my camera remote, which, you know, kind of allows my camera to work without me being behind it. And so, the camera remote, like, so if you're taking a photograph mm-hmm. of yourself, like, mm-hmm. of yourself, mm-hmm. right, do you press... Yeah, like, you so, have to hold it in the picture, though? No, like, I usually hide it somehow. So I'll, like, put it in my hand, and I'll put, you know, I'll kind of hide it in oh, my hand. Okay. Or I'll put my hand behind my back. Got it. Or something like you don't see it. And it's big enough that it kind of hold. I can, you know, hold it in my hand without it being seen. Okay. Um, so I always yeah. wondered about that, then. Like, yeah. if you're pressing it, right, that's good, because you can yeah. control when the photograph is taken, but yeah. then will it show up? So that's smart. And then sometimes if the little bit shows, I just, like, edit it out yeah yeah that's so um, awesome so that's why i take my own photographs and then i became like the designer the maker the photographer and the curator of my online space yes yeah so then it just kind of just 
it took off from there. I think it really, once I started really taking my own pictures and, you know, creating work I really, really love and putting it on there and getting active on social media, I really, people really mm. took to it. They really liked what I was doing and I was like, yay! I love so, what you're doing. You make me so happy. Oh, <laughs> you make me so happy. Great. I think, yeah. like, the most rewarding thing is that you're creating things from your mind. Right? Yeah. You're creating things from your heart, from your creative space. And then people are receptive to that. Yeah. And that's like... Oh it's powerful. It's a powerful feeling. Yeah. It's like, it's the most powerful feeling to have to do something that you really love and people really like it too. And obviously there are going to be people who are like, I don't like what you're doing or they come and they leave. But I really like that that's a, definitely a part of the journey. But it's the people that really come and they really love it and they stay. And mm. you, like, you, became, you become friends with people you never know. Like they live in other parts of the world, you know, but they're your friends. They yeah. support you. Like it's really, it's really, really powerful. And um, like it's amazing. I think like designing my own work was, you know, a big part of my journey. Just, I got rid of most of my knitting books. It was kind of like a feng shui attack. I was like, I don't need. I was like, I don't have enough space. I don't want any like outside influences. I got rid of like so many of my pattern books, so that I just can just have like freedom of thought, mm. um, and not like if I'm feeling blocked, I don't go to someone else's work. That I, you know, maybe I go and I cook a dinner. I go to yoga mm. or I go for a walk or whatever, just so I can get my own creative juices flowing, okay. and so designing my own work and putting it out there is scary because you want people to like it but I realized that no matter what I do it's oops sorry <laughs> that's my ring <laughs> um no matter what I do as long as I really like it it's gonna it's gonna be well received because people love you people love people who love stuff love is like in the air yeah you know it's contagious it's contagious so what is your favorite thing to like design is it design. scarves is it hats like do you I mean does it matter to you or you know um, you have like a favorite thing that you like I to do knit? actually so this is one of my favorite pieces Ooh. it's called a balaclava and okay. it basically it's it, I love it because it's universal like anyone can wear this like you know no matter like what your personal style is Oh, yes. Like, if you're female or male or gender not specific or you want to be androgynous, this is the kind of piece because it doesn't matter. Oh, yes. I love it. And can you describe it for our listeners? Okay. So, it's basically a balaclava, basically like a, a, my version of take on a ski cap. Mm-hmm. So, it goes over the shoulders and then it goes over the head and it covers the nose and the mouth so that only the eyes are open. Yes. And it's really cool because it's made entirely in one piece. So there are absolutely no seams, and it's 100% wool, so it's super, super warm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's my favorite thing to make mostly because I still have to follow my pattern instructions. Like, mm. I can't, like, you know, you make some, you could just knit, you know, like, let's say you're making, like, a cup of tea. You don't need to follow instructions to how to make a cup of tea, like, two spoons of sugar or some milk or whatever. But if you wanted to make, like, a really complicated, like, Indian dish, or there's, like, one mm-hmm. tablespoon cumin, three tablespoons, like, my, this pattern. Like I have a bullet. feeling that Brittany is a cook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By the way that she describes ingredients. <laughs> anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, like, this, like, the balaclava pattern that I designed is, is kind of like the complicated Indian dish. Even, like, the the creators sometimes mm-hmm. still have to refer to their recipe. So, yeah. and I like that about, like, knitting is that I'm... I can still challenge myself even when I've created my own design. It still challenges me. So yeah. that's like one of my most like 
my beloved pattern. I think we should take a picture with that so that the listeners can see like, okay. what it looks yeah. like. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So what is something that you have found most challenging so mm-hmm. far? And what's something that is most rewarding for you? Okay, so definitely most most challenging is time management. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's never enough time. I'm just like, what yeah. in the world? Can I have another day? Can I have <laughs> another week? Sometimes it just not. It just feels like there's not enough time, mm-hmm. especially since like, I'm definitely like a one woman show, and I I like it that way. I like being the maker. I like being one on one with my customers. I like, you know, being able to reach out on social media and like share my work. And so, like, figuring out how to do it all in a manageable way, in a profitable way, it's mm. been really tough. I, sometimes I have, like, moments. I'm just, like, like I got real tears. Like, I'm just yeah. like, oh, why, did I, why did I just get a nine to five? <laughs> Girl. I'm telling you. Like, I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm like, what is my life right now? What I is my life? I need to get back. my life. Let me get my life back. <laughs> My family's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. So how do you, like, how do you balance that? What's a typical day like for you? Or is there a typical day? There really isn't a typical day. I feel like any, if I had to pick a typical day, it would be knitting for like 10 to 14 hours. Like, that's a typical day. Straight? Straight. Like, I'll take a, like, I'll take a smoothie break, and I'll, like, take a tea break, and I'm just knitting. And I, like, find some things to, like, watch on Netflix while I'm knitting or I like oh, watch some okay. YouTube videos on like how to do things. Um, so do you need to like watch a lot of like my work? Yourself? I don't need, no. Okay. So you're just, you're going like yeah. this and then you're just like, I'm making the hand yourself. movements for knitting, not the real <laughs> hand movements because they don't know how to knit, but that's okay. Um, so you, so you can essentially watch a movie yeah. and be knitting. Yeah. And, and a lot of times I pick something I've seen like a million times, like a million times. Mm-hmm. And so just so that it's just like background entertainment sometimes just so I can just to kind of keep my mind focused because mm-hmm. easy sometimes, just, especially with knitting, it's meditative, but meditation, you can meditate and your mind, you can try and meditate and your mind will keep racing with thoughts. So for me, I try and always just stay focused on my task at hand, mm-hmm. which is to finish like this hat today. And not think about, okay, while I'm making this hat, I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking about that, and I'm thinking about that. So kind of have something in the background, whether it be music or a podcast or a movie or a show, like binge watching something <laughs> on Netflix. It kind of helps yeah. me just to kind of keep the flow happening without my mind going in a million different directions. Yeah. So um, any typical day is going to be knitting for a significant amount of time, especially during the holiday season. I have a market once or twice a month. And so my goal is always to build up, you know, 3000 to $5,000 worth of inventory for one market just so that I can have a, you know, a large selection for people to choose from. Wait, when you say one to two markets, just... Can you break? What do you mean? So markets like in person events. So like I'll oh, do okay. Yeah, I'll do different craft markets. So I I've done Renegade Craft, which is really awesome this oh. year, which was awesome. It was like a weekend event in November. Um, so it's for a craft. It's for like a craft market craft fair. That's cool. So I apply. I only do like handmade jewelry markets, meaning like I'm surrounded by other handmade markets, like handmade makers. Um, and I have to apply. Like, I like those kinds of markets, considering, like, my prices are between, like, 45 to, like, $350. I kind of have to be around other handmade makers, mm. you know, just to kind of be competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, I, you, so you apply, meaning that you have to showcase 
or provide a portfolio of your yes. work to write like about yes. explaining it and everything mm-hmm. like that. Like I have oh, to wow. give my information, give online sites, any kind of special reason why I want to be a part of this market. Why do I think I'll be a good fit? Mm-hmm. Um, what's my price range? Photographs of my work, whether it be through my portfolio, through my online shop. Um, and then they give me like a couple of weeks to let me know if I'm accepted. Once I know I'm accepted, the goal is to get like $5,000 worth of inventory to book the space, you know, mm. to like create a really full like walk-in shop, basically. Like people can choose from hats, they can choose from collars, balacabla, shawl collars, like whatever. They can, they can leave with something and love something um, mm. when they shop with me. So that's always my goal. So during the holiday time, I'm knitting like ridiculous hours. <laughs> like all day. Like all, all day, like all One day, hour. all so- night. Sleep, all day, fall all asleep night. on your knits. Like, yeah, like I try, I do try and get like seven, eight hours of sleep just to keep my energies high. Mm-hmm. But I try and like eat light during the day so that I don't feel tired. You know, get the itis during the I day. Know. I can't, can't afford the itis. Can't afford the itis. <laughs> I gotta make my money. I gotta make I my money. Sleeping. I'm so serious. No, that's so true. Yeah, especially like in the winter. You know, like when we want to have the comfort food, and <laughs> yes. then it's like, mm, that was good, girl. And then you're like, oh wait, I'm, I'm really so sleeping. tired. <laughs> I'm telling you. Wait, so. 10 to 15 hours, 14 hours, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. A day. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot. How much are you able to make from, like, that? that are, do you make one piece and, like, six No. I don't know. How does that work? So, it depends on, like, what I've decided, like, what I've planned to make that day. So, like, my cowls, like, these take about one and a half hours to make. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's... Yeah, it's fast. Like one and a half, one and a half to two hours, depending. That's cute. Um, mm-hmm. and it's cute too. So, Nicole's <laughs> <laughs> like around the head, yeah. like this. So this I can finish like six or eight, sometimes during the day if I'm really like determined. I can finish like six or eight of these in a day, mm-hmm. um, which is really good because I try. Really yeah, they're like forty five dollars a piece. And so that's, you know, a decent amount of inventory for one day. Um, like the balaclavas I was telling you about, those take me five hours. So technically, I, I could only really finish one or two of those a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I'll decide to do like two, three hats and then one balaclava, something like that. But I usually, when, before I start my week, I'll just write down what my monetary goals are for that week. And, oh. and then just see what items I really want to have and then like log it out that way. Um but a lot of times I just say, okay, I'm, I'm just going to make this today. It's like how you feel. Yeah, how I'm going to feel. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to make this today. I'm going to make that today. So sometimes I just go willy-nilly with it and just make what I feel like making. But with the goal always being to create a certain amount of product so I can hopefully meet my monetary goals for that market. Does it, is it usually like you're able to match your monetary goals with that market when you actually go out to sell? Not always. I cause, I think because my monetary goal is like really high in terms of like how much I want to make. I want to make like $5,000 mm-hmm. know, during this market. But all my markets, I make like $1,000, $1,500 a day, which is really good, especially during the holiday. My eyes are <laughs> big. Can you, how, what? Like $1,000 and $1,500 a day. Especially a like, day? Yeah, a day. Girl, you yeah. are making your bank. That's I mean, awesome. I mean, that's like, it's great. That is a life goal. That's like <laughs> for me. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, on a really good day, I, I've had I've had some markets where I didn't sell like anything. I've had markets where I haven't sold anything, but um, like these this past year has been really good. Like this past six yeah. months, especially like every market I do, especially if I'm doing it consecutively like, each year. I have one market that I do at the at a school, um, in Park Slope, and it's amazing. Like I love the community there. They're so supportive and. Every single year, I do better and better. People mm. leave with like 
two items, one for themselves, one for a friend, especially during the holidays. So during that, like between September and, and November, and like early December, I do really well in my markets. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it really slows down significantly for me. I think a lot of times people are just like, I don't know, I spent so much money on holiday stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I feel like, do I need, do I really need a fifty dollar hat right now? So I'm I like, kinda, you do, girl. You, you do. You, do. you need, you need two actually. actually. Yeah. So cute. And then you want to wear with both of your jackets. You know, like you look cute. True. True. <laughs> Tell you. So I think, yeah, I think that. Uh, I think after like the new year, um, things slow down significantly for me, which is why I've been branching out into. Writing my patterns, which is really exciting. I'm, oh, yeah. Right. So that's something. Oh, yeah. So Julie, I want to tell you about that. Yeah. So, so what do you mean, writing like a book? Like, right, yeah, like the beginnings of a book. Casually <laughs> mentioned that she's writing a book. I mean, hello. <laughs> I mean, it would eventually turn into a book, but oh, right now it's like cool. individual patterns, so like people can make it themselves. Oh. So for me, I, I meet a lot of knitters. There's, I've never met anyone who's like not known a knitter, mm. and so for me, that's huge. Because that means that there's potentially everyone's a customer, basically. Yeah. And so, I'm not everyone's in the market for, like, a handmade wool hat. But I think everyone's in the market for, like, a pattern that they can give to a friend. Or they can buy, like, a $5 pattern and make it themselves. And mm-hmm. so, that that's, like, my next big move. I'm launching it in April. It's, like, my DIY expansion. Mm-hmm. So that people can make what I make themselves so this will be a book or is it gonna be like online it's gonna be it's gonna be online accessible it's gonna be it's gonna be online i'm really excited actually yeah i'm really excited actually i can show you some pictures later like that i've taken um of like the progress photos so each is basically individual patterns that are going to be sold eventually those individual patterns will come together for a book Mm. right now my goal is just to get individual patterns up on my online shop right now and like just create buzz about it and um, kind of just let people make individual items that they really want to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and then each pattern, like it's like a tutorial basically. Each tutorial, quote unquote, with the <laughs> fingers, <laughs> has um, pictures, like in progress photographs from each stage. Mm-hmm. And then I'm creating YouTube like video support for some of like, my more complicated techniques so that people can, everyone can feel like they, they can make it. So mm-hmm. newbies can make it, experienced owners can make it. Like that's really the whole. So I'm expanding my business mostly because like things really do slow down for me during like the warmer months because I I mainly knit in wool and people always associate knitting with winter yeah. and so um, even though I sell internationally like I have um, I have I'm really excited I have customers in Canada I have customers in the UK which is really oh. great so yeah seasons change there's going to be winter here and summer someplace else but. Um, it's, I think it's really important for me to kind of expand and create more inventory that can be sold year-round. So yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah, and you also, that's a way to build your community yes. and continue to grow your network. Yes. That's fabulous. So do you get to travel to your different markets? Like, I guess you, you have clients that are in UK. Or do, you, do you get to go there often? No, actually, I haven't, I haven't traveled outside of New York to do a market. Oh, okay. I haven't. And I think... I think it's, and I, this is going to sound so crazy. I don't drive. Nothing sounds crazy to me. <laughs> I don't drive. I hear it all. I don't, I don't drive. I don't drive. So I think that's a part of it. You, know, you don't, drive, I don't drive I don't drive, just don't drive. You do not know how. I just don't know how. Because we're real <laughs> New Yorkers. And real, because I'm tired of that question. People keep saying, you don't drive, Julia? No, I don't drive. You don't drive? Take the tri- no. Do you know how to drive? No. I'm- can Thank I get you. a can I get Hello. a oh, man? Oh, man. Yes, <laughs> girl. No, I just never learned because Yeah, I don't know. 
I mean, no, I'm just kidding. Like, there's a big point because, like, if you go anywhere outside of the United States mm-hmm. or even outside of New York, you would to have to real, drive. You have to drive. So, you so drive. you feel like that's part of the reason that you? I think it's part of the reason why I haven't like ventured out of like because there's some great markets in like D.C. and Philly. There's some great markets happening outside, especially Portland is like huge growing like artistic community. So. That's a part of it, but also because I I, I want to do one or two markets mm-hmm. to meet my you know meet to you know do what I need to do, like financially one to two a month, and that's all I really need to do. And there's such a huge market community in New York, like New York. If that's like I feel blessed to be in New York to be able mm-hmm. to do this. So I just I I just never really wanted to leave New York in terms of markets, but. Um, I do actually something really exciting is there's this um, beautiful little shop called Have Company mm. in um, in Michigan in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it's basically um, and she's very like supportive of like the LGBT community. She's awesome. Her awesome. name is Marley. Yeah, she's really awesome. And um, she it's like a Have Company, like it's a, a artist residency basically where oh. she has different artists from all around the world. They come. And they share their work and they lead workshops. So I'll be there in April. Yes, you great. will. Yeah, I'll be there in April. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. It's really awesome. How long is the program? It's nine days. So and, it's so like it's a, a, and you get to do workshops and meet yep. other artists. That yeah. sounds beautiful. It's really awesome. And then, so it has a really beautiful space in the front. She basically carries yarn and she carries like like these holistic tinctures mm. and just like, you know, you know, moon, like journals. <laughs> it's like so sweet. It's so awesome. And then, Beautiful space in the front, and then in the back is basically where you sleep. Mm. So I pretty much would be there for nine days, like kind of sharing my work, sharing my art. And so I, 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 I'm willing to travel for my for my business. I just haven't. I just haven't. Yeah. Yeah. I just haven't. I'm not out of New York. Oh, that's okay. Right? It's okay. I, honestly, I, I have no, I have no problem. <laughs> I, um, uh, I work from home. I love being yeah. home. I love Brooklyn because we're cancers. So <laughs> cancers are fabulous. If you don't know one yet, you should be friends with one. Gotta be friends with a cancer. I'm telling you, I just, I feel so comfortable, like, being close to home. So when I do travels, usually for, like, recreational reasons, not Mm -hmm. for work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what has been most rewarding for you? Yes. Um, I think, I think it's that I actually have customers. I think that (laughs) I I actually have customers. I actually have, like, great customers. People who like like they'll they'll combo me, they'll email me, and they say, "Oh my god, I love my my item so much, and I can't wait for it to be cold outside, just mm-hmm. so I can wear it." Like it's it feels so good. It's like it's I don't know if it's like ego or whatever. It's just it's an amazing feeling to have people who are really buying my stuff and they love it. They're wearing it. They're tagging me on Instagram and saying, "Like look at, I'm wearing it," and I'm just like, "Oh wow, like I made that with my own two hands." So that's the most rewarding part that I'm making stuff and it's actually moving. Yeah. Um, not every not everything I make sells, um, but everything I make I love, and mm. so mm. That's, that's powerful. yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. So when when things do move, I'm just like, that's that's great, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, both online and in person, so I meet so many different people. Um, that's definitely another rewarding part is that I meet so many artists. I meet so many artists just doing craft markets. I'm also a teacher for craft entrepreneurship program. It's oh. um yeah, it's <laughs> what is that? We might have to edit and put it together so it makes a lot happening. I'm not editing that. That's awesome. 
So craft entrepreneurship. Yeah, program. it's actually it's called NYC Craft Entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And I've been a teacher for that program for three years. It was created by Etsy in collaboration with Small Business Services of New York. And they're they're basically classes that happen at workforce centers around like New York City. So workforce centers like you do like they leave workshops on taxes, on better financing, mm-hmm. resume building, things like that. And so there's one or two workforce one locations all around New York. And this is like a it's a five class course that happens over two weeks and each class is dedicated to a certain topic that small business owners like tackle each day. And um, the class is really geared to people who have, like, never owned a business before. Mm. They've never actually sold anything. And it's really crafty business owners, like, people who make socks, people who make, like, little children's dresses. And so I usually have, like, 20 students each class. And the first class is basically an introduction to entrepreneurship. And we talk about time management. And we talk about, you know, like, what the goals are for owning a business, what are the pros and cons and challenges. And the second, I'm telling you, right? That's necessary. You got to lay the groundwork. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm you. Yeah, like the Rainbows first... Rainbows and butterflies. No, like usually the first class is just like <laughs> an eye-opener, I think, for some people. Because they're like, I want to be my own boss. And that's a pro, <laughs> but it's also a con. Like yeah. making all decisions is like challenging. Um, and then the second class is about um, building a brand. So telling your own mm. personal story describing your product, using, like, keywords, search engine optimization, like, how do you get found on the internet. Um, the third class is a photography workshop. It's four hours. I'm really, I really love that workshop because mm. everyone really leaves always feeling like they can get really beautiful photographs of their pieces, and I love teaching that workshop because I feel like I, I want to take this I, class. You should take this yeah. class, Julia. I yeah. think you'll really like it's it. Really it's cool. Yeah, and you, you apply. I'll show you. Um, you apply online, and then you're notified by... Um, small business services, SBS is what they're like the abbreviation for small mm-hmm. business services. It's SBS will contact you, and they they happen in Queens, Staten Island, Bronx, Brooklyn, and Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fourth class is about pricing for profit and sustainability. And the last class is growing your business. So we talk about taxes, legal issues, mm-hmm. craft markets, other like online ventures you can do to make money. So I've been teaching that for like going on three years now like two years two three years now she is just <laughs> dropping jewels like <laughs> all these classes you know that's awesome i'm very inspired by that because you know i have a background in teaching i know i know you do it's such a gift to be able to share your knowledge with other people yeah. and inspire them to, and then see them to like grow from what what you've taught them yeah so that's amazing it's amazing I, I see them like it's basically like opening an online shop too so that's great is that I they're like oh like I never thought I can do it and I'm just like you can you can do it it's possible <laughs> and I'm um, like always really smiley and excited because I'm excited to teach I love yeah. teaching teaching is like in my blood I was a teacher for like so long so um, along with like running my own business, I love and feel really passionate about helping other people build theirs. Mm-hmm. So it's been it's been really great. So um, spreading the love, spreading the love. I don't know how you got on that topic, but that's okay. <laughs> we talk about everything, you know. So another thing that I always think of, think about as an entrepreneur is work life balance mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because. Right, so you're knitting ten to fourteen hours a day, yeah. also trying to get a good enough amount of sleep, mm-hmm. right? Which is real. But you know, you mentioned your partner. You mm-hmm. mentioned like we have things outside of 
our businesses that we also have to be mindful of maintaining and, and, and giving energy to. So how do you, do you balance? How does it work for you? I have a hard time. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's definitely like it brings back to like the question about what's the most challenging time management. It's so difficult. Um, like I think is what is that I love what I do. Like I don't want to stop. Mm. I want to knit. I want to take pictures. I want to edit them. I want to talk to my customers. I want to do research on different opportunities. I want to spend a significant amount of time on Instagram. That's what that's what <laughs> I want to do. You know. Mm. So I think I think it's really difficult sometimes for me. But one of the main things I really try and focus on is just really spending like one day. Because Adrian works, Adrian works ridiculous hours too. Like she's mm-hmm. working like all day. She gets up, she starts a day later than I do. I like try and start my day at seven, and she's like, nah, she's not a morning person <laughs> like that. Like, I'm not getting up at those ridiculous hours. No, so she usually starts a day around nine, mm-hmm. and then she works until like seven, eight sometimes. Like it's crazy. So it's not really, you know, I don't feel like it, it's like that's a challenging part for us. It's getting out of work. So when we both start working, can we stop talking about work? Mm-hmm. That's difficult because if she wants to, you know, vent, I would event, and we're just kind of like we spend the working all night, all day, you know. It's like okay, can we take a little break? So usually, um, it's like for me, my work life balance really has to do with to sometimes just stepping away for a second. So I go to yoga. I mm. practice Bikram Hot Yoga, which I love. I Ooh. love. I love. Yeah, I just yes. finished the thirty day challenge, and I did after I did thirty five consecutive days what yeah it was like a new year i started new year's day and like i did like 35 oh, days so it was really congratulations. great congratulations thank you i've done it a couple of times so it's not big room yoga is no joke it's no joke people were like you know you know you sweat a bit i was oh. like oh that's cute i got there that's cute i had my uh exercise clothes those came off real quick i had just like my little sports from my little shorts because i was sweating like and i went to the donation yoga yeah yeah so it was packed people's people you just get real comfortable to yeah other people's sweat but anyway that's great (laughs) yeah so for me it really has been i'm telling you i'm telling you it's real so for me it was like just going to yoga Mm go to yoga, I ride my bike, I ride my bike there, I ride my bike back, take about 20 minutes to get there. So I have like a solid, like sometimes three hours of just like getting away from home, getting away from work, um, going into meditation, exercising. And it also helps me like feel happier about like my day, about myself. And so I try and keep that going two or three times a week. Okay. When I'm really, really busy, I don't go, but it's always a mistake when I don't go. Like, I have to go. I have to go. Because um, your mind is not as clear, right? It's not. You don't go, because it's like you need that time. I need that time. Mm-hmm. And then I can appreciate all the work I do. I'm like, I work all these hours, and I can't, and I'm not taking a, a minute mm-hmm. to even appreciate all the work that I'm doing. I'm just like, what's the point of doing this? I'm not going to be happy. What's the point of doing this? I'm not going to sit down and say, wow. Look what I was able to accomplish today, mm-hmm. you know? And so for that's one thing. And then cooking, like, every day, trying Ooh. to cook every day. And I love cooking. Oh, I love cooking. <laughs> I love cooking, too. That's you really, do? Yeah, it's, like, a really therapeutic thing for me, you know? Can, it is. I don't know what it is about it, but just it feels good, the energy that I'm putting into what I'm cooking. And I like, I don't know. What, I just what, do, you like cook? what, what do you like to cook? Oh, I like veggie dishes. Yeah? Yeah. Like what? 
I don't know. Like I, I don't, I don't follow recipes. So those I just, are the best kind of meals. You know, like I try to mix. Like I love eggplant and mm-hmm. kale. Mm-hmm. I love zucchini. Just lots of veggies together. Maybe I'll incorporate a little bit of fish. Mm-hmm. Fish is something I'm trying to learn how to cook really well. Okay. Um, but just stuff like that. Okay. Whatever I, whatever I. Oh, whatever you have know, an you know, afraid for. Oh, yeah, girl. <laughs> whatever I have to keep that real. Whatever yeah. I have in the fridge. Um. <laughs> Yeah, what do you like to cook? I like, yeah, I like veggie dishes. I like following recipes. I do like, I do like following recipes because then I always like learn something really amazing. But I have like this broccoli dish that I do. It's like broccoli, you put sage and cilantro and green peppers and onions. You put raw liquid aminos and garlic powder, and then you bake it. (laughs) Just follow (laughs) your You like this, like "Mm." and then you bake it, and it's so good, and it's completely vegan. It's great. Are you? Are you? No, no, no. no. I was vegetarian for two years, but then I met Adrian. I started cooking (laughs) meat for her, and I was like this tasting. I became like just tasting meat, just so I could make it good for her. Take a little cute taste, taste. and it became to taste it actually, and then it became to eating it, and then it became. I was like a full bone carnivore at that point. I was no longer vegetarian. I was a meat eater vegetarian for like a couple of weeks. I said, you know what? I can't. I can't vegetarian. I can't claim vegetarianism anymore. So like, um, no. But I eat mostly like a vegetarian diet. I have to like my skin's really sensitive. I just have to like try and keep it green as possible. Um, but. I had to cook like yeah, broccoli and I used like mm. jasmine rice. Mm. I had to cook this really delicious um curry lentil dish with potatoes and like tons of like coconut milk and oh. stewed tomatoes. Really yes. good. I'm, I'm I'm mentioning things that I've made before. One day I'm coming over to <laughs> you. Should, you should. Wow, that um, sounds really good. Yeah, you know, yeah. black beans, things like that. Um, is that something that you've always done, like growing up? Cooking? Like, yeah, or is it a newer thing that you? acquired an interest for I acquired an interest with cooking when I when I became vegetarian okay. I had to learn how to cook my own food I just mm-hmm. had I was vegan for like five seconds but I was like vegan for like actually for like seven days so I was like oh, okay, vegan. Okay. I was like I'm gonna hit it hard and then I was like oh man no 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 <laughs> I like jeans I like jeans <laughs> And I was like, so yeah, props to the vegans. Like, props to the vegans. That's awesome. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, veganism, I think, is an amazing journey. I think it's, mm-hmm. I admire vegans a lot. Um, I think it's really the best way to live, honestly. Mm-hmm. Not to judge, but I do, because I eat meat. I can't judge myself, yeah. but I think eating raw, I think even eating raw, like just there are people who like, you know, raw is the way they go. Yeah. Like they don't eat anything cooked above mm-hmm. 180 degrees. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, I started cooking like for myself mm-hmm. and then I was bombing. It was like, my brother was like, no, I don't have no flavor. <laughs> I don't like the way that smells. Like, you hate on me though. <laughs> try it. Try to What you mean? Cooking is like try everything it. else. It's really about, I like this term, you either win or you learn. Yeah. Right? And that's how I feel about many things that you start to try out for yourself that you may have a passion for and you want that passion to grow. It's like you put a little bit of this, you put a little of that, you see how it goes. <laughs> okay, that tastes cute. And then yeah. you like keep building and growing and figuring it out. And figuring it out. Yeah. And that's what I mean. And eventually I became like a cook. I felt mm-hmm. like I feel like I can like like you know, swing that banner pretty hard. Yeah, like to throw like, down. I feel, I feel like not to be immodest, but I feel like I feel happy. I'm always like when I serve a meal, I'm always like, please let them like it. Please let it be. You know, they're always like, baby, this is a good <laughs> job. 
Do you have, can you, I take a plate? <laughs> but usually that's the response. Yeah. It makes me really happy. But it took like a lot of like, I didn't know how to cook for a long time. It was, it was like, oh, I was trying to make things healthy. So I was like trying to substitute like, you know, sugar, like agave for sugar. And mm. like, you know, and then they were just like burnt. Like, it didn't work. <laughs> so, um, mm, but yeah, cool. I love cooking. Cooking is a big part of like another way how I like balance my mm. life. Like I just have to take a few minutes. Like yesterday I went to yoga I knit, like, I got up at 7, I knit for 5 hours, for mm-hmm. 4 hours, and worked on one of my patterns, like, because I have to, like, write my patterns and proof them, and then I went to yoga, I came home, I did a little more working on my patterns and taking photographs of them, and then I spent time, like, 2 hours in the kitchen cooking dinner, mm-hmm. which is great, because I can eat that today, eat mm-hmm. that tomorrow. It's economical. It's economical, yeah. and it's it saves time, and it's healthy. And you know exactly what's in your food. I know exactly what's in my food, and it's easy for me, so... Mm-hmm. And then Adrian and I can, like, spend time together, like, eating over a home-cooked meal. Mm-hmm. And Adrian likes when I cook. So, I'm, you know, I try and cook as much. I yeah, I'm yeah. trying to cook as much as I can, you know, just to keep her happy. And so, yeah, I think, and, I, you know, I think, like, like, I feel like I don't spend a lot of time, like, going out. Like, I don't, I don't, I had to sacrifice a lot of hanging out, like, mm-hmm. with my friends. How do you feel about that? Um... Like in- maybe maybe I should feel, maybe I should feel worse about it. <laughs> she doesn't care. Wait wait wait. So like I, that sounds say, awful. No one doesn't. When you say going out, I mean like to like I guess you know clubs, like parties, clubs, you yeah, know yeah, like yeah. dinner and things like that. I'm just like no, like mm-hmm. I'd rather stay home and I rather like cook myself mm-hmm. and. I was someone always trying to get people to come over here, like Julia. I was like, oh, "Come over here, yeah, Julia. Like, well, we can meet in my place." I was like, oh, "Okay." No, I love that. I think you know, it's more, it's genuine yeah. when you have people over, when you cook for people. It's like you're able to get show your love through that. Yeah. You know, I much prefer, like maybe because I'm also a cancer, but I prefer <laughs> to go to people's homes or yeah. like. You know, I love that. Yeah, I love hosting. I love hosting parties. I love cooking. It's something that's a part of my makeup. Like, Mm -hmm. I love doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think, yeah, like, there are some friends that they are really persistent. I love them for it. Like, they're just like, let's hang. Like, let's hang. Are you busy? Let's hang. What are we doing? Can we come to your house? Yeah, Yeah, can we do something? And most of the time, I'm like, yeah, like, once a month, I'll be like, yeah. You know, but most of the time, it's like, no. I can't, I can't, I can't, because mm. I have so much to manage, and hanging out, going out, and spending money, and then, especially if I decide, you know, to, like, you know, hit the sauce, you know, then I come home, tired, can't continue working, so I just try and <laughs> hit the juice, Hey, I just, <laughs> I was like, I can't, you know, I just can't do it all, I just have to, like, but I'm really lucky that I have, like, a really big family, I have three mm. sisters I'm really close with, and... One of my sisters is, like, my best friend forever, and so... That's so important. Yeah, so important. So it's nice to have, like... I just called her yesterday. I was like, actually, I was like... I was like, uh, you make... My sister's vegetarian. So I was like, do you put tomatoes in your beans? Got to have any. That's one of the co-signer, because I forgot mm. them, and I didn't feel like going back out to get them. I was mm. like, do you put tomatoes in? She was like, no. If I don't have them, I'll put them in. I was like, okay, good. I'm not going to put them in. Okay, that's all I want. Okay, <laughs> bye, bye. Like, Aww. it took five minutes to, like, but I felt connected. I felt supported. Touch like, base. I, yeah. I touch base, and it was great. So I'm lucky to have, like, that kind of, like, structure in place where I can connect with people I really love, but with not without having, like, to spend hours and hours doing mm. it. 
you know so making time for yourself making time for your partner yeah. all of that stuff really matters it really know? does matter and it, and it enables us to have a stronger business yeah because we're fed you know fed. in the soul yeah I love that. that's a great way to say it yeah um so part of this podcast is also about featuring innovative women mm-hmm. what does it mean to you because I think you're an innovative woman oh, to be you. innovative <laughs> Um, I think innovative is making do what you have. Mm. I think a lot of the times we want more money. We want more time. We want more support. We want more accolades. But kind of knowing that one is enough. One dollar is enough. One mm. hour is enough. One person saying you're awesome is enough. Like being okay with what you have right now. And kind of knowing that people out there are happy with less than what you have. Mm. You know, kind of knowing, just being grateful. I think being innovative is trying to figure out ways to be happy in your own existence and stop looking for the greener grass. Because mm. a lot of the times, greener grass, and then you're like, you want, you, know, you want the grass to be even greener, and then you want the grass to be purple, and then you want the grass to be yellow, <laughs> and then you just like, all oh, the colors you, know, you, want the, you want the, all the colors of the rainbow, yes. and then you're just never satisfied. And so for me... Innovative is about using what you have to get what you want, which I think we know, you know. Mm. What is it? That song from, like, Sisters Act. Want to be somebody. Oh, she's You want to go somewhere. Yes. You better wake up and pay attention. Is she sing too? <laughs> See, I'm learning all that stuff today. Yeah, you know what? That reminds me of Sister Act 2. Yeah, that's, yeah, yes. that's the song from there. You know, you got to wake up, man. You do not want to be on the corner singing your shoulda, coulda, woulda because you didn't have the extra dollar. You didn't have yeah. the extra hour. So for me innovative is being really grateful being really mm. thankful and knowing that it's gonna be tough like like just if you have if only you have like if you you want a really great camera like i couldn't afford the camera i wanted but i got the camera i, I got and mm-hmm. i make it work i you love work it with what you have. i work with what i have i love it and it works <laughs> it gets the images of my 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 stuff on my site and that's all i need you know mm. um mm. being okay to being okay to cry being okay, knowing that that's okay, and then you're going to have, like, odd days and, like, sad days and just keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that drive is yeah. so important, is yeah. that, you know, you're going to have ups and downs because life is like that, yeah. but having that passion and being driven to no matter what, you keep going, yeah. you know, and yeah. you make do with what you have, yeah. what you can, that's powerful It's important. Me. Yeah. It's important. Really important. That's awesome. So, what advice do you have for a young woman who maybe she, she she's learned her craft, but she wants to start her own business? She doesn't know how to start. What 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 advice do you have for her? How did she get her business off the ground? I would just say start now. Mm-hmm. Let go of the perfectionism. I think a lot of crafty people, a lot of artists, they cling on to I need to have this in place before this can happen. And you're going to realize really quickly that it doesn't happen that way, right? It's not always going to be consecutive stairs that one step is going to lead to another. Sometimes you have to go from one step, take take your leg really high, <laughs> get to the third step. That mountain step. Yep. And then you realize that, oh, once you get there, the other two steps just kind of happen all by themselves without you even having to do anything. That's something I realized that once I, let, once I personally let go of my perfectionism and not having to have like the perfect, you know, like the perfect pictures before I put them online or the or the perfect thing to say before I wanted to tweet something that 
whatever I had was good to give. Mm. Um, so my advice would be just not to wait. Um, really take advantage of the resources online. Like there's so much information on like the Etsy blog. It's called the Etsy Success Handbook about how to price your work, how mm. to take photographs, how to you know market yourself, create a pitch, create a lookbook. There's lots of information online. Um, but I think the most piece of advice would be just get started now. Mm-hmm. Do not wait. Do not wait. <laughs> there is no reason to wait. There's no reason to wait. I think that's one of the main things that I encounter with my students is that they're waiting. They're waiting for something. They're waiting for more money. They're waiting for more time. They're mm. waiting for perfect pictures. They're waiting until they have 10 items. But if you have one item to sell right now, that item can get sold mm-hmm. or it can be a, a beginning to, you know, a journey. I think the one thing I find, especially with like, people in general is that they love seeing progress. You know, you might have one thing up there now and they're like, Oh, that's what I only got one thing up there now. Okay. I'll check back in later. Mm -hmm. And they come back six weeks later and you have 15 things now. It's like, Oh wow. Look, like look how she grew from point A to point B. So I think a lot of the times we want people to see us in our perfect state, but it's what people admire the most. And I know I can speak for me personally. I love seeing growth. Like if, if I come back and I check in with someone and like you, like when I first found out about your boss, you only had one. And then you come and you said, tell him, like, freak out, I love Julia. Like, Julia has, like, Julia's doing it. Like, that's, this is, it's admirable. Oh, thank you. It's admirable to kind of see that journey and see the step one become step two, become step three. It's so sharing wherever you are, however you are right now is so important, so valuable. It's powerful. It is. And you never know who you're inspiring yeah. just by being your authentic self, yeah. right? So that picture where you're like, well, I don't know how it looks, but if there's someone out there who's like, well, she has one mm-hmm. thing that she's put up on her site and she started. So yeah. I can start too. Yeah. You know, that to me is everything. Yeah. I love that. Is there a quote that you live by or, or a book that you read that really inspires you? <laughs> So I'll give you, I'll give you two. Okay. I'll give you two. I'll give you one that's really harsh. Okay. It's harsh. It's what my little sister is something that she said to me when I first opened my business and I was just like crying. I was like, my pictures look like crap. <laughs> I can't put this on the internet. Like, it's going to be awful. Like, the talentless hack on the internet. Yet another one. And I was like, I don't want to be that. I was like miserable. And um, my sister was like, um, okay, so let's talk when you have something more positive to say. Mm. And I was like, sad face. So she was like, you know, Brandy, excuses are for the weak and incompetent. And I was like, so broken. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that You know what? Sometimes we need that rawness from our family raw. to just like, be like... Damn, all right. Damn, that's my best. Let me get my life back. Let me get my life back. I'm telling you, so she said, excuses are for the weak and incompetent. And I think I was so, like, it kind of just, like, hit me upside Mm. the head. Like, like, is that me? Is is that me? And I feel like we always make excuses for things. Like, it's a part of our nature, like, human nature to make excuses and to whine about stuff. And it's okay, but it can't be, like, a lifestyle Mm. and things are going to happen. So... Um, that's something I try and remember when I'm like feeling like, you know, like I'm like, let me was say, so that's, that's what a harsh, that's what a harsh one. But, um, I want another one that I really, really love is by 
Miriam Jacobson, and she says, um, it is, I, I, I wish I could look it up. She says, it is not, can I look it up? Can I look it up really quickly? Yeah, you, you can look it up. But I mean, if, we, if you want to like, 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 yeah. like it's like, um, he said, it's not, it's nothing noble, um, like dimming your light so that other people can feel comfortable. Mm. Oh yes. I'm you know, that. You know that one, right? right? It's like, it, you know, it's, you know, you, who are you to be, who are you to be beautiful, to be talented, to be fabulous? And she says, in fact, who are you not to be? Mm-hmm. You know, don't dim your light so that other people can feel comfortable. And it's something for me is really powerful because I'm, I'm really excitable. Like I'm always really, like really happy and really nervous. I'm like, I feel, I feel a lot of things really deeply. And so, me too. Right? Like, I feel like, I'm like, bro, especially if I'm happy, man, you know I'm happy. I am not one of those mysterious girls. You're like, I don't know what you're thinking. Like, you know, you know what I'm thinking, okay? Like, if it's good, if it's bad, you know what I'm thinking. And so I'm like, mm hmm, you know? So for me, like, not feeling like I had to, like, cover my smile, Mm. I had to, like, stay calm, you know, just so that people could be like, oh, yeah, she's calm and cool. I'm like, no, actually, I'm really excited and I'm really passionate. (laughs) Passionate. so for me, that that quote always really hits home for me. Mm, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, Brandy, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. Thank you so much for having this me. This has been amazing and fun, <laughs> and I've learned so much. And we'll be back with another episode Woo! next week. In the meantime, take care of yourself, be good to yourself, and be you. Bye. Bye.